Hey guys, this is Marcus the Gravelholic, and this is what you're going to learn about today. Um, and we do everything on our bike and create the whole video and edit everything live. And so I was like, no, we were not lucky. Personally, what, what I like about gravel is, is like, it, it has all, a lot of aspects that I, that I like in life. You know, it has the, the traveling, it has going out of your comfort zone. Um, there is the adventure in it. For me, it just, it's, it's, it's way more than just riding a bike. Okay. Now let's get on with the full interview and show with Noel from Fat Pigeon. Here he comes. Uh, hi and welcome, Noel. How are you today? I'm uh, I'm very fine. I'm uh, I'm warming up again after uh, after an expedition on the bike through Norway. So uh, I'm now in the cozy warmth of uh, of my living room. So uh, I'm doing well. That was actually one of the first questions that I want to ask you. Like, how are you? I I, I just saw the previous content that you just made. Now I mean, it just looked insane can you just tell me what was that trip yeah it, it was indeed very insane um the assignment was to shoot some some promotional videos for uh, an expedition over greenland that will happen next year coast to coast um yeah but it was just not possible to go to greenland now so uh, we searched for uh, for locations in the world that, that look and feel quite similar to greenland and then we ended up uh, somewhere in uh, in Norway, in the, the Finse area. There's a, there's a glacier over there. And yeah, we've been there for four days, um, going out on fat bikes with guys that are really experienced uh, yeah, expeditioners, adventurers. Um, Guttorm, the organizer, has already been doing this since uh, 1984. Wow. Um, so yeah, we were in, in good hands, but for us it was... Uh, yeah, it was way out of our comfort zones, but uh, that's what we like. So we went into the snow, tried to reach the glacier, didn't manage to to reach it. We failed, but uh, we had a we had a great adventure anyway. Camping outdoors in the snow, I mean in a tent, but uh, yeah, it was it was brutal. Conquering snowstorms, um, yeah, being out there without really knowing what to do, what not to do. It was was a was a beautiful experience, and we survived. So that's also uh, and, awesome. I mean, we can we can go to your Instagram page. That's that's at Fat Pigeon. So for everyone that that listens and and uh, watches this, that please do that. Um, but where can we find the the real the, the real content within quotes? Like when this is going to be uh, edited and and. Uh, um, it will be on the C two C dot bike Instagram. Uh huh. Uh, we'll also share it on our uh, fatpigeon.cc Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, it will be, uh, I think, later next week that we'll uh, have the first first real uh, edits ready. That's so cool. Yeah. But let's 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 back up a couple of seconds here. Um, I'm I started following Fat Pigeon. That is, I some some time ago actually. I think you were one of the first really. Um, big inspirations to me when when i started uh, using instagram for like four years ago or so and it's been such an amazing thing to follow your guys's journey and what you guys have been doing and just i get goosebumps when i think about all the things that i've seen that you guys have done so and then and then being able to and this is a little bit of a backstory why we're here today as well <clears throat> like <clears throat> me following you guys and then um us or I'm me reaching out basically that that you coming to Hamstad to do the gravel grit and grind and we got to meet in person I was like I was so freaking starstruck it was so incredible um so no it's, it's been it. such, such an incredible thing so we're just 
um, so that's I will probably give you a little bit more kudos later. But but again, super inspiration, and that's why I think also why I wanted to have you guys or you now know on this to be interviewed because I I want to be able to give people inspiration and and help them to learn things. And so listening to you now might inspire people to do some of those things that you guys have been doing or similar to go both on the kind of trips but also on the on the kind of um side of things where you how you what, what you create and what you are actually doing so but that brings me back to to my first question sort of what is fat pigeon what what, what is that yeah sorry I've, i've no words i'm completely humbled by your uh, your your kind words thanks thanks for that thank you very much um What is Fat Pigeon? We are um, we're actually a, a collective of, of adventurers, um, and we are just here to to, to show the world, um, like in a in a positive way, that if you just go out there, no matter if it's like around the corner of your house or is it the other side of the world, if you just go and and say yes to stuff, that it will always enrich your life, uh, either way, left or right. Um, but you just have to, to go out there and get out of your comfort zone because it will always bring you a lot more than it will cost you. So, uh, yeah, we are just here to show people to just do it. That's super cool. But, yeah, oh, what, the slogan, uh, what, the slogan just do it was already, uh, already covered by a different brand. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I know which one you mean. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. What, but, but tell me, sorry. Before we go to the backstory, and maybe it's part of the backstory of Fat Pigeon, but but just the name Fat Pigeon. What what kind of crazy name is that for for a collective? Yeah, the name comes actually from a from a crazy guy. He was our uh, our, our uh, team manager of my uh, road cycling team. He was uh, the dad of one of my best friends, and um, I was I was uh, racing on the roads, and I was always in in every breakaway, except from the one that eventually really got away. And then I, <laughs> I got in like 47th or 38th, I don't know. And after the race, people came to me and he said like, oh, you were the strongest guy in the race today. I was like, yeah, bummer, because uh, I didn't finish with the, with the top 10. And it just happened every week, every week. And my, my the, the, the team manager, he saw it happening every week. Um, and he said, no, you know what you should do? So I was like very seriously listening to him and he said, You should you should keep an eye out on the on the fat pigeons, and I still didn't know what he what he meant with that. It was just like a crazy thing in his in his mind. But he called the the fat pigeons like the the, the strongest guys in the race. He said, yeah, they're actually only if you, if you start with 150 guys, there's only five guys that are actually um, both strong and smart enough to to actually win mm -hmm. the race. Yeah, um, and he said you have the power, but. You need to you need to be more more smart. So keep an eye out on the fat pigeons and don't you waste your energy on 20 useless attacks, but save your energy for that one big attack. Um, so I started I started doing that. He was always shouting at the side of the road like fat pigeons, fat pigeons, just to remind <laughs> me to save my energy. If, if he was not there, he, he texted me in capital letters, fat pigeons. Um, so yeah, I started doing that, saving my energy and. I started winning local grids and then international races and stage races. So um, yeah, it, awesome. it worked out for me uh, to 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 chase the fat pigeons. And um, <laughs> so yeah, now uh, now in our in our yeah, we, we thought it was just a, a funny name, of course. Yeah, of um, course. And in our business, we now use it for if if you do it, do it well, and yeah, don't waste your energy on a lot of small stuff, but do it, go big or go home. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that <clears throat> how how did um how did fat pigeon start then right um where i guess i mean myself i i only do the all my instagram and social media and stuff like that on on the hobby right but you do this full time now right as i understand it so how did you come up with this and where did it come from well i had these uh these these two friends also uh super passionate bike riders and already for i think two or three years before we started we were sending each other like videos or photo projects or we were sending stuff to each other like, oh, how cool would it be if we can if we can ever do stuff like this? You know, because we just like um, uh, cycling videos, cycling photos, um, traveling with your bike. Um, so we were like that for a couple of years and then uh, COVID hit. So we thought, okay, this is this is our this is our opportunity. Let's let's do something crazy because we, we felt that a lot of people in the world were like complaining about the situation that we felt like oh it's actually really nice that we just go out and explore around our doorstep because the rest is not possible anymore we, we felt that we were different in a way that we were looking at the possibilities instead of what was not possible anymore and therefore we had actually quite a quite a, a really nice time adventuring together um and then we came up with um i think lawrence Tendam he came up with this challenge because unbound was cancelled Back then, it was still called uh, Dirty Cancelled. Uh, Dirty Cancelled. And he came yep. up with this challenge called Dirty Cancelled. Um, so we thought, with the three of us, like, oh, it could be nice for the for the sponsors of our team to do this challenge and to make like a, a campaign around it to, to give the sponsors the, the exposure that they that they actually get from races, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we got in touch with the team, but the team was not really feeling it. So we were, th- we were like, okay, let's just do it for ourselves. So I think we got Continental tires on board. We got this clothing brand on board and a sock brand, uh, Pevelo. Um, yeah, they basically just gave some free tires, some free socks, some free kits. Um, and yeah, we had we had a lot of time and a lot of energy because obviously there was COVID. So we thought, okay, um, we're going to we went to do a 360 kilometer ride, and we had it completely planned with which shots where and a full crew with a with a following car um making a whole video about it um so yeah that was actually our first like project it was just a, a hobby well, thing. 2020 or 2021 yeah in early 2020 i think april or may 2020 holy moly yeah and um yeah we were basically just doing it next to our to yeah i was i was working my friends were still studying mm-hmm. we were just doing it in our spare time um but i immediately felt like this is what, what really gives me energy. And at my work, I was just leaving my energy there. Yeah. And, but for this project, I really felt it, it, it was giving me energy. Um, so that, that went well. That was a really nice adventure with, with friends and we made a video about it. Um, and the, the partners were also really happy with it. Um, and for me personally, I was in a position with my work that I was like, hmm, is this it? Because before I was working all around the globe on, on really extreme projects as a civil engineer, mm-hmm. then I decided to do a project in the Netherlands and I just lost all my, all my joy in work. And then this, this thing in my, in my spare time popped up and the, the partners were really happy. So then I was like, hmm, if they are really happy with something that gives me energy, why don't I just go for that? So I went to my, uh, my former boss with that, with that story. And he was like, yeah, we're, we're really happy uh, with, with your work. But um, if you want to follow your heart, just go for it. 
and you can always come back to us. So just follow your heart and um, yeah, don't don't bother about your future because if things don't work out, you can always come back. So that was actually the start of of like Fat Pigeon as a company. From that moment onwards, I decided to okay, just go do it all the time. And then fairly soon, I um, I got in touch with Luke. Luke was my uh, a friend from my student cycling team from the university cycling team. <laughs> uh, he was in the same kind of position as I was with, with with work and like, is this it? And why don't we go for more adventure? And he saw me uh, uh, conquering the highest peaks of the Alps uh, on my gravel bike during office hours. So he was like, well, what is what is happening here? So um, I think that was uh, early October. Mm-hmm. And we decided with the two of us, okay, um, we until Christmas, we don't have to earn anything. We'll just we'll just go for it. We just create stuff. We um, improve our skills. We improve our network. And then at Christmas, we'll decide. Okay, is this going to work? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. But I think already after after two or three weeks, we we found out like okay, this is this is going to work. Cool. Well, and <clears throat> that was the start of that vision. That's awesome. And and just may I touch upon sort of the monetization? How do you make money with this? So what's can you tell me what what how does that work? The 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 dynamics with the partners and like do you pitch project yes, to them or do they come to you or what? Maybe there's a multitude of different variables. Uh, unfortunately, partners don't really uh, don't really come to us. So uh, yes, ninety nine percent of the times it it comes from our side. Um, so that's a lot of uh, work, but therefore you can you can work with partners, obviously that that you choose. So that's mm-hmm. that's the positive side. Um, basically, our our product is uh, content, um, a media actually, um, video, photo, uh, copywriting, and uh, route building. So there's mm-hmm. four types of content, and ninety percent of what we what we actually what what our clients pay for uh, gets to them, and we don't post it on our uh, on our Instagram. So oh, a lot okay. of people from from the outside think that our Instagram is our business, and they don't really don't know. How exactly. we make money out of it, um, but it's actually we are a, a media slash marketing company. Mm-hmm. So we we set up projects together with our partners, and um, we deliver them the the media of it, and we show the tip of the iceberg on our on our Instagram. And since our Instagram grew, obviously there's also value in in, in exp- uh, showing it on our on our Instagram. Yeah, but that's not our our uh, real main income. That's awesome. We, Do you want to? Do you want to so share do have three, three, types of, three types of clients? We have uh, brands in the cycling industry, like uh, Ridley Bikes or Estiondo uh, Clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have uh, gravel events that we make like after movies and, and social content for, like the right gravel. Um, and then we have um, tourism boards uh, that could be more, more local stuff, like our own municipality here in Tilburg in the Netherlands. Yeah, um, but we also worked in in Uganda to 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 promote adventurous tourism, or in Luxembourg, or in the Nordics. Um, so yeah, basically all those those three clients they um, they get gravel content from us, um, and we make everything from the bike. So that's what what uh, is the difference between us and like a traditional videographer or photographer that we make everything from the bike. Exactly, and. 
now with this big hype that's been ongoing for the last couple of years, I guess uh, focusing on gravel um, has been kind of successful, right? You you started off in the exact perfect time, it seems. Yeah, that was not really on purpose. Um, for me, basically, uh, I was always a roadie. And I think like 10 or, or 11 years ago, I bought this cyclocross bike. Um, but I didn't like cyclocross, so I just used the cyclocross <laughs> bike for my winter training to just go out on unpaved roads and just explore new places, just as a, as a winter thing to like to to mix it up. Are you are you allowed to be Dutch and say that you don't like cyclocross? Is that like are you <laughs> well, swearing in the church? It's not as it's not as uh, holy here as as it is uh, ten meters ten kilometers away uh, in Belgium. Belgium, yeah. Even um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'm I'm allowed to say. But um, and then COVID, COVID obviously hit, and then I was like, hmm, why not just do the same exploring also in uh, in better times of uh, of the yeah. year? And then I yeah. found out that it was that it was even better actually. So I was I was completely hooked, and uh, just like the rest of the world, uh, chose my gravel bike more and more, and yeah. But this is a sensitive topic for some people, but and, and I think it's such a diverse thing to say gravel. And I'm I'm like that too, right? I have my preference, and I what I think gravel is. But what's your perspective? What is gravel for you, Noel? That's that, that's that's very hard to ask to to answer. I mean, yeah, for me, gravel um, is is a way of like freedom and a way of really um really um being in nature instead of just riding around nature it's it's i just love the the way that that it's way more way more relaxed um on the other side when i went for example to to Halmstad, it was just basically uh, road racing but unpaved yeah um but for me personally what what i like about gravel is is like it, it has all a lot of aspects that i that i like in life you know uh, it has the, the traveling it has going out of your comfort zone um there is the adventure in it um yeah for, for me it just it's, it's it's way more than just riding a bike um and i feel in in road riding it's it's way more about the, the performance side and the 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 watts and the the, the riding itself but gravel to me is is more like a way of living yeah but that's interesting because there's so many that when you when you ask that question and and um they they reply to what kind of gravel i mean the surface um but i i like your approach with thinking about it more as a lifestyle or or yeah but whatever spirit of gravel is nowadays uh, yeah. that's that's super super cool and I can clearly, clearly uh, see that different difference in mindset when I go go out with, for example, uh, roadie friends of mine. Then the whole experience on gravel is just way different. Yeah, because they're way more about speed and about not taking any breaks and just want coffee and go, you know. And mm -hmm. the whole the whole vibe around actual gravel and bikepacking and adventure cycling is just way more way more relaxed. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. So now, since these last couple of years, I mean, and you said that you brought your bike um, uh, when you traveled the world as well. You've been you you've been around. What yeah. what is what is the coolest place that you ever rode your bike? Well, the technically, best technically coolest was I think last uh, last weekend. 
Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, that's nothing personal, but that's just a stupid question. I mean, it's, uh, it's no, no. Hard. I, I like I like the the, the diversity. You know, mm -hmm. the coolest place. Yeah, that's that's so hard, what? man. Okay, let's let's rephrase. Which the, 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 do you have? Do you have a ride? That, that, do you have a ride that you feel that that's that's when you got to this feeling of satisfaction and and that you felt blessed that you were in a cer certain spot that you have a bit more sort of natural gravity to feel okay yeah those happy thoughts uh, yeah. and freedom that you mentioned before yeah I think I think the the the, the thing that, that pops into my mind first is the the finish of the Grand Grange Trail Ultra that we did. So Grand Guanche is a, is a, it's actually a route over the Canary Islands. And mm -hmm. We have a road and a gravel and a trail version. And I think back in 2020 or 2021, we did the the trail version on our on our gravel bikes. So we crossed five Canary Islands. All five have a completely different scenery. We did it day and night. It was it was an ultra. And it was such such a great experience and you're completely focused with this this goal of, of finishing in your head mm -hmm. and then we reached the finish on la palma and the volcano was erupting so we were like cycling on la palma in the in the nighttime and we 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 could we could see like volcanic dust on the ground and then it got darker and darker and you feel you felt the the like scent between your teeth then we got closer to the finish and you could you could smell the the sulfur of the volcano and then we got even closer and the, the sky was completely like red because it was a bit hazy and then the apparently lava um yeah started to illuminate the the mist and then when we actually reached the finish it was like kind of lookout point and you could you could see the the lava flowing and you could hear the the the, 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 the bouldering sound of the of the earth and actually you know, when you reach the finish, you, you're supposed to be like completely hyped and completely out of your mind. But we, we reached it and we were like, what, what is this? You know, it was like actually like a, a disaster what was, what was happening there. So we were like just silence. We just sat there for 30 minutes just watching. Mm. It's, yeah, super unreal, unreal feeling. But uh, wow. Yeah. It was it was a very strange mix of of emotions mm -hmm. because you've just finished one of the biggest things you've you've done until then, but on the other hand, you're watching this this nature mystery thing, which is on one hand super beautiful and special to see, but on the other hand, it's also yeah very cruel actually because people have to leave their homes and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that was a super oh, wild nice. mix of emotions. I can understand that. I can understand that. So for for the people that's out there and they haven't sort of maybe like me, uh, they're not as adventurous. What's what's your do you have any recommendations sort of how how to get started? What what to think about anything pe 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 peculiar that you have thought about that you, that you learned that you can share with us? Yeah, basically, um, just go. I mean, uh, for me, adventure can also be um, taking your bike um, with your stuff to like family that live 100 kilometers away from you, like the trip that you would usually do with your car or with a train or with something like that. But if you just take your bike on, 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 on routes that you would usually not, not cycle, that's already an adventure and you can just do it from your doorstep. Mm -hmm. um, 
you can also like what I like to do is, is challenge myself like a, a route around around my house, but just get as money as as much gravel in there as possible. You know that that can already be an adventure. I, I, for me, it really energizes me if I if I find new tracks that are really close to home. You know, I've I've been cycling for for 15 years like the same roads over and over and over and over again. But yeah. if, you still, if you still find new spots, that 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 really gives me a kick. But that's my personal thing for me. Uh, root building is like meditation. If I cannot okay. sleep at night, if I cannot sleep at night, I turn on my uh, my kamut and I go like, okay, how high can I go up onto Mount Kilimanjaro, something like that, you know? Just yeah, it calms me. Is, and that's that's actually a good question as well. I want to ask you about that. Is that your weapon of choice to to do roots? Is it kamut or or do you oh. combine it with some other map functionality or something? No, just. Just Kamut actually now yeah. it's, uh, they have like Trail Finder and they uh, and they have like the, the the Street View so it's mm-hmm. it's very good but I must say it's it's a big difference if you if you build a route in Kamut in, in the Netherlands where a lot of people are using it or if you make routes in in Rwanda or Uganda where where basically no one is using it mm. so it depends on depends on the region yeah okay but ninety nine percent of my routes I make in in Kamut yeah. I'll definitely have a try. I it's I did I did use it like a couple of times, but I, it's quite some time ago now. So I will definitely give it a try again. I know the feeling. I I tried it, and then I stopped using it. Then I tried it, stopped using it, and I think after after three or four times, it, I I really started to understand the the software, and then it got better and better. Yeah, that's super super cool. Yeah. So I, I I presume that already you have big plans for next year. Do you mind sharing some some of those with us? What's uh, what's that now? Yeah. happening? Um. So yeah, uh, one one big massive thing that's going to happen is the is the Greenland crossing that we were in in Norway for uh, last week. So it was basically some some training and some some video work to um to go next year in, in summer to Greenland to be the first ever on the bike to to cross the to cross the country by bicycle. So there's a big ice cap of 500 kilometers, uh, minus 30 degrees, northern lights. Uh, it's going to be super epic, snowstorms. And so, yeah, that's going to be super epic. That was that's going to be one of the main uh, main events, I guess, next year. And how much time do you calculate to do that? Is it like one, two weeks or how much time do you need? Yeah, yeah. Depending on the weather, obviously, but um, it's going to take like ten days. Wow! And we'll be doing it with a group of uh, of thirty people. Okay, okay. And it's really like an uh, like an expedition. Mm-hmm. So and, and on fat bikes, then that's the, on I guess the only. Yeah. yeah. The wow. good Tom, the organizer, he says that ninety percent of the route is would be doable on a mountain bike. Mm-hmm. Like those that last ten percent, you you need the fat bike for. Mm. And you don't really know about the conditions. So if there's a lot of like heavy snowfall, yeah, you need a bit more uh, surface on your on your tires. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, so that, that, that's going to be a big one. Um, I like just a couple of minutes ago, I got off the phone with um, with a friend of mine. He's a he's a famous beach racer. Mm-hmm. Um, we're planning on on making a, like an ultra from Normandy in France. To the most northern tip of the Netherlands, all over the beach, ah. like a 600-kilometer uh, beach ride, and uh, it was really a lot of planning with like the, the the tides and with crossing some some ports like the port of Antwerp and Rotterdam. So maybe we, we're going to do that with uh, with speedboats, something like that. Wow! Yeah. So um, 
so yeah projects like that um also after last weekend um when i was in the snow a friend of mine from egypt he came up with this this event in lapland it's an ultra also uh in the swedish lapland or in the swedish Finland? lapland yes ah, okay crossing the crossing the snow like a 500 kilometer ride so um yeah basically working on uh, on some stuff like that that must be so much fun to to just have all those things on the on the calendar and just trying to to make them all work yeah the the way know. the way we work is basically still the same as as when we started with our with our first project that we did for a couple of free tires mm-hmm. um, we have our our bucket list um we follow our hearts and we try to to include partners with that um and yeah that works out pretty well actually yeah that's lovely because i mean with with the passion comes also the good results right so i think that that must be a perfect way to match it and that yeah. <laughs> you're touching upon one of my, my questions that i had uh, like a bucket list uh, kind of perspective what 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 else do you have on there is there anything else still to do after next year yeah definitely um Patagonia was still very high on my uh, on my wish list, so we're planning on doing the across Andes, it's an ultra mm-hmm. but then not just doing the ultra, but also some bikepacking afterwards to make it like a one month uh, one month uh, project. Uh, Nepal is really high on my uh, on my wish list. Um, we were supposed to go to uh, Japan, uh, so that we 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 postponed it to uh, to next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been to Israel once, and it was a uh, was a beautiful traveling experience. And uh, mm-hmm. Jeffrey and I were planning on doing his first ultra there in the, the mid of November. But uh, yeah, obviously with uh, with the current mm. uh, state of the country, yeah, we have to think of something else. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's mainly like destinations that are on my uh, on my bucket list. That's super super cool. That's such a cool thing. So yeah, we, we have this this unwritten bucket list, and then yeah, we we try to 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 search for for opportunities in in those directions. Mm-hmm. One example: um, last summer, I wanted to to work remotely for a month, so I, I was planning on going to Girona, but then I found out like hmm, the accommodation is is actually relatively expensive, and also to get there, it was would cost me like fifteen hundred euros in total with the with accommodation and the travel uh, so then i was like hmm, why not check for the same period of time check on google flights maybe if there if, if there's some other destination so i i found a flight to rwanda for 500 euros and rwanda was something that was really high on my wish list so i went to airbnb and to search for an accommodation that was like 400 euros so i was like hmm, okay so it's, it's actually cheaper to go to rwanda than to go to girona for a month <laughs> So then, based so on my bucket list, I choose to go to to Rwanda, um, and then obviously I had a lot of a lot of marketing ideas around the World Championships. So when I was there in Rwanda, I managed to to get in good touch with with the, the cycling uh, the cycling federation, with the, the tourism uh, tourism uh, company. Uh, made a lot of lot of friends there, and I managed to do an, uh, an assignment for this uh, travel agency. So. Because I went there out of passion, a lot of other uh, opportunities opened up, uh, and I think that only happens if you if you are 
positive and if you are looking at opportunities instead of what's not possible. Exactly. I and love that. People, people say like, oh, you're always so lucky, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not lucky. I just, I just pay to, to go to Rwanda for myself. And then because the, it energizes me and gets me a lot of ideas, I, yeah, I always end up with, with either a beautiful experience or, uh, or business or in best case, the, the both of it. I mean, <clears throat> this is this is such an inspirational conversation. I just can't understand it. It's 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 uh, super super cool. And I think one one thing that that I also have to learn is really that this. I mean, I, I try to see things positive, but the way that you see positive things and opportunities is just a completely different level. It's it's uh, it's right there. But I have to ask you on the flip side of the coin, what what has been sort of maybe the worst experience or something that has failed when when it comes to this do you have any anything to share there yeah i think uh, i think a lot i mean um one thing was that uh, like uh, fairly recently actually um in in, in january I, uh, I i gave up my home i was like okay i'm going to do this uh, live as a digital nomad and just go from assignment to assignment then after a while i found out like hmm it's it's not giving me any rest if i have no no place to to like pack my like how do you call it unpack my my suitcase mm -hmm. i haven't been on the on the couch since cyclocross so that was in in, in january so then I, I i found out like okay i really need rest I, I just felt that i wasn't myself i was traveling all over the world but i was like hmm this is not it so then i decided okay i need some time in the netherlands i uh so I, I postponed the japan uh, project for uh to to next year for example mm -hmm. to just be here and give me some rest. So I bought a new, uh, I bought a new house, spent some time with friends and family because I just, I just needed that. I was just traveling and going from A to B to C the, the whole, the whole time. Mm. That's one, one flip side of the coin, but I always have to experience something like that before. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'd rather experience it that way than to not do it because I think something might happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I expressed it a little bit in the wrong way as well, because I said failure, right? But I mean, it's usually if you take failures as learnings instead, and then you just evolve or, or adapt from there, I think it's it's the best thing that you can do. And otherwise, if you're not allowing yourself to to test yourself like you did now, then you won't learn. You wouldn't know that that's kind of what you need, maybe. Yeah. So. yeah. Or uh, like like um, this year, we had a, a massive assignment for a, for a tourist destination. And it was supposed to be the, the biggest assignment of the year. So based on, on that income, we made some, some investment and some, some, some choices in, in, in production. Uh, but then like two weeks before the actual assignments, they, uh, yeah, they pulled out, you know, stuff like that happens. Um, oh. and that's just nasty because you already, you've not really spended the money, but yeah, I don't know. Stuff like that also happens. I mean, it's it's that that's yeah. life. I mean, time is money as well. Like your your energy, your effort, and and planning probably is also that's also worth something. So you, you shouldn't rule that out as as not spending money. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you how do you feel about pressure? Because looking at myself and when I work with 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 the with partners that I have, I I feel a little bit 
and that's why I kind of do it only as a hobby and not do professionally because I don't know how to actually cope with the actual pressure of delivering something that that someone expects on a complete different level. How how do you cope with that kind of pressure to to be able to produce according to bit, expectations? Yeah, bit of bit of a mix actually. I on yeah. one hand I I need the pressure. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I need a bit of of, of pressure now and then to I don't know to have more more things happening in life. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, when the, when the pressure is is too much, um, it's it's not not nice to do the assignment because there's too much stuff going on and you cannot really enjoy it. Um, so yeah, obviously we 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 often feel like. We are enjoying it not as much as we as we could do because there's pressure of of creating the assignments. Um, but nine out of ten times, uh, the, the pressure brings more than than it costs. Has it been um, times you don't need to mention what what it was, but ha- has it been where you wanted to say no to something or have said no to something that that maybe a partner wanted you guys to do that you sort of no this is not aligned to our principles or how we feel about doing things um, has there been any a smooth ride so far um well actually we, we we'd rather say uh, yes um so so then we would say yes but so <laughs> because i think in, in in possibilities and um if there's a client that says could you make could you make this and this for us um and if it doesn't really feel right for me then obviously first I say yes, but then I, I try to give it my own touch and try saying it like, oh, could you maybe, maybe if we do it, what you say, but then with a little touch like this or like that, then mm-hmm. it might fit better with us and with our feeling and with our DNA. And that usually works uh, works pretty well. Cool. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, so um last question and and that question is maybe something to put you on the spot because uh, I've, I've tried this in the past and it worked pretty good um do you have a question for me um yeah well what i what i what what feels a bit bit crazy for me is that um that, that you are so incredibly positive and so incredibly inspired uh, by us while on the other end you are doing a lot more stuff uh, better than we do actually <laughs> uh, really? yeah I, I think so like like the the the, the um, how do you say it the, the constant flow of, of of nice content and the the, the growing in, in your reach and that kind of stuff and that's really nice especially that you do it as a as a one-man show um, so yeah, I don't know. That's that's not really a question, but that's just something that uh, that I that I actually really really look up to. Oh, thank uh, you. I much appreciate that. I, I will I will say something to that, and I think I mentioned that when before we started as well. Like, I'm I'm really struggling as well. Like, it's really as you say, a one man show. I, I I appreciate you guys like being a couple few more because then it's easier sort of to take pictures of each other and and to to help out and support and and to ideate and to brainstorm and to validate and just all those things. I'm just here in my my little bubble, and my wife helps me, helps me with ideating sometimes, and then I run things by her. But that's about it. It's just pure luck. <laughs> yeah, but I don't really believe in luck. Yeah, maybe not. Luck is always uh, 
like follows from from something good you know you you create your own luck yeah no that's that's very true that is very true you do With your, your efforts and your ideas and obviously you need a little bit of of luck but like to get into position that the the look uh, like works out yeah that's that's already 99% of the work i think mm. yeah absolutely i think that's that's something for everyone that that listens in and watches this like work on your luck and uh, work doesn't luck doesn't come for free right it's it's something that you actually you create your own luck uh, that was someone that said that once and i think that's that's very, very true um yeah, yeah. there was uh, now that brings back a quote from a famous very very famous swedish uh, uh downhill uh, skier his name was ingmar ingmar stenmark he won like everything for many years in the 70s and he said um he said something in the line of the, a reporter asked him so you were lucky today he said yeah it's really weird because the more and more i train the luckier i get <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, thank you very much. I, 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 just the same. I, I was in a, in, a, in a video call with a, uh, with the event organizer that we work for a lot. Uh, and he was talking about some some shots that we made. He said like, oh, yeah, you were so lucky uh, for that shot. But yeah, because like traditional videographers, they just go to like some some highlight points. Um, and we do everything on our bike and create the whole video and edit everything live. And so I was like, no, we were not lucky we just do the whole route from a to b uh yeah and then you end up in places where the, the light is luckily enough perfectly within like over a rock or anything like that hmm. um but already 99 percent of the work to get in that lucky spot yeah it's not luck exactly obviously at that point it's luck to be in that spot with that light and everything but uh yeah i don't really believe in luck you just need yeah. to work hard <laughs> and to just take every opportunity that you can exactly and i think you you have created your own like uh, with your approach and I, that's that's so inspiring thank you very much Noel. this has been a, a blessing to talk to you um yeah thank you very much for joining and i hope to see you again in person uh, in in the future somewhere on a bike yeah. <laughs> most important thing yeah, yeah, yeah thanks a lot for having me and uh, thanks for your kind words and uh yeah i think we can we can we can continue talking for hours and hours but uh if I can already inspire one person, that's a, that's already a, a big win for me. So. Hey guys, thank you for joining and thank you Noel for being on the show. Um, it's been amazing. I've learned so much and your perspective of life in general and luck in particular is so insightful. And I, I appreciate that a lot. Uh, don't miss out on where you can find FatPigeon, uh, fatpigeon.cc on Instagram and fatpigeon.cc on YouTube. I will also link to everything in the description below and or in the show notes. And what do you guys think? Is luck something that you make for yourself or can you actually be lucky? Let me know in the comments below. Thank you guys and see you next week.